we, we need to involve people in the change so they feel part of the change, right? Then they have skin in the game. Involve people, talk with them, have roundtables, get them to bring ideas so that they have their heart and soul involved in this change. This is really, really big, okay? Involve people in the change, not just this is your change, go do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by Nola Consulting Group. My name is Molly Nolan, and I am back on today's podcast with NCG Managing Partner and Senior Business Coach, Brian Nolan. Today, we're talking about change. Change is a word that can sometimes make us feel uncomfortable. It's that get out of your comfort zone feeling that can be so eagerly resisted. But change is good, it's powerful, and even the little adaptations can bring on big impact when done successfully. Brian shares his thoughts on why some change attempts fail, why others succeed, specifically through the strategic method of cascading, so that all parts of the organization are in tune, aware, and on board. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Brian Nolan, welcome back to the Out of the Hourglass podcast. How are you this morning? I'm terrific. It's good to be here as uh, we embark upon uh, the birthday of our country. Today is July Uh, 2nd. So good weekend ahead. Uh, We hope, well, when our listeners hear this, they will have just celebrated July 4th weekend, and we hope it was fantastic that you enjoyed some outside time with your families. Uh, But the reason we are here today, Brian, is talk about change, specifically cascading change. Uh, Brian, you're going to be speaking to this topic of cascading change in in an upcoming conference that we are hosting in Nashville in August which we are excited about. Uh, but Brian, why why is this topic so important to you and why are you doing a big talk about it? Well, I, I almost can't believe I haven't talked about this sooner. Uh, I feel like everything I do is change. I, th- I feel like every, every conversation I have with people I coach is about change because uh, I feel it's like it's, it's the gap between uh, where they are now and, and what vision they have. And you cannot get to a vision, which is a new version of yourself and your company without change and really understanding what change happens because change is not just intellectual. Change is emotional. Change has to have urgency. So my apologies to everybody listening for me not to have done a deep dive on this and maybe this will help effectuate change more. And it's funny, I was just thinking one of our values at Nolan Consulted Group is um, adaptability which adaptability comes from the need from, from change happening and the need to adapt to that change. Um, so again, it's very shocking that we haven't talked about this. It, it is. Although, you know, there have been words that have been overused over the past True. year, like pivot. Right. Yes. Um, but uh, the concept is not new. It just, it, it hit us uh, in March of 2020. Um, we had to make some drastic changes quickly uh, or else we'd be in trouble uh, regarding cost reductions, regarding financial planning, uh, becoming best friends with our bank. So um, I think we, we use this ability that we've got now to understand how to effectuate 
greater change in our organizations and in ourselves. I tend to like the word pivot. I know some people don't, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> overused, but overused, but um, applicable. Prior prior to it being overused, I, I liked it. Um, all right, Brian, let's pull back a little bit. Um, so, what kind of changes are we talking about here? So, I, I want to address sort of sort of three changes. Um, the first area is I have a vision and I want to get there. And to get there, I need an organization to understand the vision. I need um, a consortium of people to buy into it. I need the planning to achieve it. Um, I need the discipline around the behaviors necessary. So it's basically falling from the cascading planning uh, process. It's the CPP. And uh, that is sort of the engine of change. The second change is how we react to changes in the environment, which we just had. And, and uh, right now there's high demand. It's a contractor's market now. So how are we changing? Are we adding more fuel? What are we doing uh, um, to get employees? Um, how is our organization preparing uh, to bring on unskilled people because there's not skilled people out there. Um, so how is that change happening? And the third change is really self-change and um, the discipline needed for self-improvement. And we'll be talking about uh, each of, of these in some regard. So the concept of change um, is not new. We, we've Every person in their life has gone through a multitude of changes. You know, you 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 go through an evolution of life. Um, so we've seen changes succeed, and we've seen changes fail. Why do change fail? Why does change fail? Yeah, I mean, it's important to to peel peel this one back and dissect it so we don't repeat it. <clears throat> you know, the biggest reason that I see, uh, let's call them big rocks. The big rocks aren't, which are by nature, the change you want. Like a, a big rock is something you define in your organization as something that will move our company forward towards the vision, right? So winning is not defined. There's not clarity over what exactly done looks like. So it's defined differently by different people. So it just starts ricocheting all, all over the place and it never actually narrows down. Um, can I, can, our, I, can yeah. I add that? I mean, if we're looking at self-change as being one of one of the changes that we're we're talking about here, you mentioned big rocks. Big rocks, absolutely, we use that term in term in an organization, but you also can and should be creating big rocks in your personal life. And you think about your year. Think about when you you said your New Year's resolutions. I think we should rename them in our New Year's our New Year big rocks. What are the three big rocks that we're looking to do accomplish in 2021, 2022? Um, so I think we should be using that term across both spectrums. I like it. So, so you end the year at a different place personally than you started the year. And right. um, again, not to overuse the, word, the, the uh, term best version of yourself, but it's how do I need to change to improve to be the person I know I was meant to be? I, I want to be an M. Um, you know, in, in a company change, doesn't happen often, it fails because there's no why. Uh, there's the, the what's in it for me. Uh, these are all the 
employees that are looking at change and, and they're pretty happy with the way things are. So therefore there's no urgency that there's not, you know, it change has to come from the top culture forms from the top. It's one culture and it has to be driven. I mean, no one, in my opinion, does better at change than my brother, Kevin, when Kevin wants a change, it's going to happen. It becomes the agenda. It is talked about every week. There is no tolerance. You know, consequences make a good teacher. And uh, if there's no consequences, uh, lack of accountability, then change isn't going to happen. Well, it doesn't need to happen. I, I didn't feel any consequences for not doing it. It almost becomes like a mantra for Kevin. Like he he talks about it. He sleeps about it. He it's almost like the more he talks about it, the more he's held account. He's held accountable to making oh, yeah. that change happen. Uh, so we we often hear all the changes that are happening because we're talking to Kevin a lot. Uh, but those changes actually do happen. Yeah, you know, not to give, not to over over accolade my brother here, um, but he, you know, he he. This is probably his mantra. This is probably what defines Kevin the most. Is um, I make change happen. I mean, he has a a bracelet, a road ID that says Kevin Nolan always hits his goals. And so he does state them out loud as if it's already happened. And then once he said it to people, there is no going back. Make, make no mistake about it. There's no going back. It's that mantra on top of um, I eat problems for breakfast. I eat problems for breakfast. Pro- well, that's just it. I mean, expect problems. Change yeah. fails because of issues. I would say, Issues kill projects. Uh, let's crush issues. Uh, when I was running um, the operations in a large company, I ran a lot of projects, and I always created an issues list. And it was always centralized. Let's get let's get the issues on there, and let's put a person responsible for solving the issue. Because water runs downhill, and there will be issues. And you know, when you make change, it's crazy. And uh, you have to have grit to understand grit, often the absence of grit also kills change. Um, you know, this effort isn't worth it. This isn't only that important to us. Um, I, I can't do this. I might as well give up. Uh, the absence of, of, of grit, those words, they, they fill in. And so we underestimate projects. Um, we also don't have have an integrator or project manager who details out the, the tasks. We don't put next actions in place to understand that change comes about by a series of, of smaller actions. Um, the person, you know, this, this idea of no consortium, we don't have a group of people where the change runs through their blood. Again, in Nolan painting, I mean, the, the first thing Kevin does is he gets his five management team people um, to buy in in such a big way that it runs through their blood. And they are, for lack of a better term, disciples, apostles of the change, and they do not tolerate. It, it becomes the way we are. So there's, there's just not enough force for change. Um, and the vision isn't communicated clearly and is often enough. You see, after being a coach for all these years, you begin to develop this binder of reasons why change fails. Well, I know there, there are so many reasons. And I just, from your experience, what of those things that you have just kind of ran off, what would be the number one fail that you see happen most? 
I mean, this, uh, this sense of urgency changes cultural. And, you know, I, I want a training program. Let's go do it. Well, guess what? Uh, the crew leader in the field who is bonused on bringing jobs on time has no interest on training an apprentice and taking away. There hasn't been a sense of urgency created and, in, and a reward system associated with that and clarity of the importance of training program for us um, and reinforced regularly um, by, the, by the leadership. Leaders own change. The people doing the work, level one leaders, they don't necessarily want change. They just need to understand why it's important to them and the owners need to do that. So it sounds like big picture number one fail is the leaders not owning the change enough. They want it. They want they it, have, yeah. But they haven't owned it to the point where it runs through their blood, where they see their organization already behaving in the new manner that change brings. It comes about. off as more of a good idea to do as opposed to- I like that, intellectual. Yeah, yeah, it's intellectual. I, I, I want that. I want that. So, I mean, the vision, you know, we talk about vision and, you know, that's a word used a lot. That is not an overused word. That is a word that is underused or let, let's say it's used a lot, but it's under communicated. And I'm reading this book by John Cotter, leading, leading change. And he says that the owners must communicate the vision 10 times, if not a hundred more than they think. And if you're a low eye on disc, 200 times more than you think. Because um, it's only the seventh time people hear the vision where they start to understand it and why it's important to them. So if you're starting to question yourself, like, have I said this too much? You're not even, you probably haven't hit the point where you've said it enough that you need to even do 200 times more. Totally, totally. I mean, you know, Molly, like, I- Get uncomfortable with it. I, I've changed our vision now um, mm -hmm. a few times and that's okay. You can change the vision because um, the vision has to drive you. And um, as I've grown up, I've learned what I really want for Nolan Consulting Group. And what drives me uh, is the Summit Network and the power of it and the values associated with the members that are in it and, and the sharing and the community collaboration, the friendships. About two years ago, I went off on a pivot, a bad pivot. I said, we are a management consulting company. And, you know, my team looked at me sort of weird, um, but I, I had this vision of, of something, something grander that was um, a false positive, let's call it. And I've come back with a vigor and communicated the vision. I think you guys know that. Um, and so owners, leaders, you must have passion and you must uh, communicate it. 10 times more than you think. And then you made the pivot back. Or as when I hear that word, again, we're overusing this word right now. I just keep thinking of Ross from Friends on the stairs with the couch. Pivot, pivot, <laughs> pivot. That is that is the meme that comes to my head. Um, That's great. I, I'm sure I'm not alone um, with, that, with that same thought. Okay, Brian, let's get positive. We talked yeah, about- Let me talk about some other uh, like- 
maybe the next most important thing in, in actualizing what we intellectualize. Okay. Go for it. Um, we, we need to involve people in the change process. We, we have to get their hearts. We have to involve them. We can't, I read something recently. Um, if we impose change, they will oppose change. If we impose change, people will oppose change. Okay, so we, we need to involve people in the change mm -hmm. so they feel part of the change, right? Th then they have skin in the game. They feel some emotional attachment to, to this change. So if you're one or two or three people in a room making change happen, and then you roll out, you impose this new methodology for whatever it is, and they people look at you um, like, really? Maybe if we ignore this, it'll go away. And sometimes it does, right? As we mm -hmm. talked about it, it doesn't, it's not reinforced enough. So involve people, have little, little uh, go out to your crews, uh, talk with them, have round tables about um, why a training program doesn't work and how we can get it to work here. Um, get them to bring ideas so that they have their heart and soul involved in this change. This is really, really big, okay? Involve people in the change, not just this is your change, go do it. So this is what you would call one of the key ingredients to oh. successfully cascading change. Once change, once an idea has been set forth that this is what we're going to do, if you are not involving, even if you've had, you have the idea, I, there's a way to make people feel like they were the brainchild behind the idea totally. or they were involved and gave you that idea um, and use that. People do things for their reasons, not yours. Right. So we need to give them a reason. So feed them the little breadcrumbs that are, that they're going to eat up. That'd be like, yeah, yo, Brian, we should, we should be doing this. And you're like, right. this is what I wanted you to say all along. Exactly. And then give you ideas to um, expand upon the change. And even if it's not perfect, give them some latitude. Let them, don't, don't feel like you, the, the owner has to be the architect of exactly how, just directionally. But when you get them involved, and uh, you know, the one thing I'll also say as part of this consortium, it needs a change leader, right? It needs, an integrator. Um, well, what we've learned over the years is that um, a visionary without an integrator is just a bunch of ideas. And from the book, Rocket Fuel, um, identify your, your person who's gonna integrate the, I, the, the uh, change throughout with all the project management, the details of tasks and things like that. And then I say, Hire and fire for it. I mean, if people tolerate, owners tolerate um, people who, who resist change. These are your prima donnas. Um, and they, well, you can't let me go because I'm the only person that can do this craft. Um, and if they have resisted change before, they're absolutely going to resist change again. It's going to become a pattern of behavior. So don't think, well, that time they weren't great with the change. Um, this time around is going to be different. No, they're going to become a creature of habit and that's who they are. And if you tolerate it, just you're out of luck. You're out of luck with, with one exception. You got to ask yourself, what do you, the owner, 
own here. Um, it, if you have someone like that, if you can get them over to your side, if you can get them to un understand, if you can get them to buy in, if you can get them to help lead the change, then great things happen. You know, another Nolan painting employee we reference often is Connell Moraney. And in, um, in 2002, in 2003, Connell was a crew leader. He was in fact the best crew leader Nolan painting had, but he didn't share his, his cookies. He did his things his own way. Um, and so he was, one may say, the resistor to change. So Kevin um, hired a person to be on his crew to document everything Connell did and created many systems. And then a couple of months later, Kevin called Connell in the office and said, okay, we figured you out. You got two options. You can, you can lead this change and, and get all the other crew leaders on, on board, or you can leave. And we all know what happened. Connell has become the star. He's become a change agent. He understands it better than anybody in terms of um, executing it in the field. You want something executed in the field? Give it to Connell Moraney. It will happen. So people can change um, if they're, well, can, can people change? Three things. Are they, are they coachable? Are they committed? And are they aware? If, you have, if that, that third one's the hardest, are they aware of how their behaviors need to change in the moment when triggers happen to then to go a different direction? Um, so fortunately for us, Connell had all three of those ingredients. And we've often said, you know, we have to give kudos to the clients that we work with. All of the business owners that we work with are coachable, committed. Um, shoot, what was that last one? Aware. And aware. Aware enough that they want to grow their business and want and reach out and say, I need, I need some help with the vision, I need some help with the numbers. Coachable, committed to committed to their to their teams and to their and to their employees. Um, so you're already halfway there. A lot of business owners are already halfway there, especially those that we you know that we work with. They they're, they're, they've committed to something bigger than themselves, and yeah. they they've opened themselves up um, and have been vulnerable. Um, one thing I, I that came to my mind, Brian, too, uh, I want to think about Connell and Connell makes change happen. Uh, there's a level of respect. And so have you established trust and respect with the people below you that they, they trust uh, when you bring change to them, that the changes, the changes for the better, that they're, you're, tr you're trying to bring change, positive change versus negative change. So I feel like that a tr the trust factor has to, has to exist um, for change to succeed to some degree, right? Yeah. And that, that comes with um, experience that comes with, uh, I know that Connell's agenda is, is one that is helping me develop, right? right. When you talk about leadership, um, you talk about change, you talk about, hey, I'm your leader. I'm going to bring you with us. I'm going to develop you. I'm going to help you achieve your goals. This is what I often call like the line of sight to the vision. I want each employee to understand how the Nolan vision is going to benefit you. And so 
we we have to that's that's the why and so you can't just impose change without the why um i want to go back to something you said earlier about awareness you know committed coachable and aware the awareness part in a lot of people we coach is where the work is it's um it's going from the intellectual to the actualizing in the moment after they get off a coaching call with us um, and they've committed to, so it's for the coachable, right? And they've committed and then life happens and business is messy and um, they don't, they get on, on the next month's call and there's been no movement. And what do we do as coaches? I'm trying to amp up my intensity um, with, with people because based upon an agreement of this is, this is what you want and what, what are we doing here? This is the third call that we've talked about this. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't keep doing the same thing and having the same conversations. That's Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. So, Ryan, what are some examples of change that you think business owners need to make in today's world um, with everything that's going on, the environment. We, we talk about one of the, the change factors being environmental change uh, or ch- changes that impact the environment in which we work and live in. Um, can you give some examples that maybe can give some, some thought? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give a few. I mean, the biggest change right now that um, I see starting to happen is in this who works for us world, right? So we, we have a scarcity and in uh, we have a scarcity in trade workers. And um, I just read for the fourth, fourth time, who moved my cheese? So cheese is anything in your world that you want and, and love and value, right? So we value uh, craftspeople. We keep going back to a uh, cheese station C, um, keep going back to a uh, Craigslist, you know, painters wanted must have three years experience, et cetera, et cetera. That cheese is moldy. Cheese is gone. And um, the moldy cheese is the craftsperson who has a, has a pretty bad record in in all personal regards has done the um, journey throughout different painting and construction businesses. So the new cheese is, uh, we are a recruiting organization. We invest in recruiting. We bring in young people and we train them. And uh, we put resources towards recruiting. We, we partner with uh, cultural centers, schools, colleges. Um, we, uh, I, I, we've been saying recruit like your market for a long time, but we, we still don't spend enough time uh, building relationships with the yeah, various community um, associations, organizations that can be accelerators to this. Um, and then we, we don't have a culture to bring in young people, e- even if we found them. And um, no change is more important than that change right now in trades, none. Um, because the, the work will not get done. Many of my contractors are booked out through the fall. Um, and not booked out at the revenue level they want to be booked at. And so we need a consortium of change. We need um, 
all of our employees to be sales staff looking for people. We need, we need to create a culture where once people come into our culture, people want to stay. So re-engaging retention has to become huge. This is the biggest change that's needed. And it needs to be, I think, a little more deliberate than it has been. It, we need a war room around this. You know, when I was in the corporate world, I, I used to be given initiatives. That's how I sort of succeeded. I, 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 could, I could create some urgency. I created a war room where I, I had a huddle every day with my team where we, we had daily goals and we had metrics we measured. And um, it was all about change. It was all about making, making something happen. That's, that's the urgency. And that is the intensity that is needed for this change to, to happen. Um, I, I think, you know, what business we're in and what business we're not in, I think that's an important change. Um, it, it's some of the biggest changes that I've made in my business world. Um, I think uh, build, building a management team, uh, not doing it alone, being a sole proprietor, if you will, that's a hard change. But I think, I think no other change can happen without a management team. I mean, real change without two, three, four other people on your team. You know, I, I was just out in uh, Oregon at a Webfoot retreat and um, they have a management team consisting of seven people, uh, Travis and Gavin and five other very senior level people. And that it was an amazing several days. And this team has been able to um, double business over, over, over several years because now uh, they have a management team that is doing it. It gets back to this consortium of people that know how to then cascade change down. And um, you, you just have, you can't, you can't climb the mountain by yourself and change, uh, unless we get into personal change and maybe that's where, where change starts, right? Um, so I, I think those are some of the things. And then uh, along with recruiting, I've already talked about training. And I think you can't talk about recruiting without talking about training programs mm -hmm. and um, creating a culture of change. I, I think back to what I said earlier, you need to involve your crew leaders in on the training process in a, a committee type way so they feel a part of it. You need to incentivize. We have wrong incentives. We need PFPs around who have you advanced from an apprentice uh, to a level two or three. And if you're if you're making the change, making, make sure you're doing the change at 100%. For example, with the recruiting issue, everyone's talking about it. They're looking at new tactics, but we continue to see people not spending the dollars behind, behind it. When we're, we are in a, in a time where we're shifting out of marketing spend because we have enough leads coming through, we're booked out three, three or four months. Um, yeah, and we're, we're focusing on marketing and I do air quotes, um, those that, that can't see me, but it's because there's still not a spend put towards mark towards, towards towards recruiting. Yes, some dollars are shifted over, but not dollars that are actually going to make a change. Yeah, I mean, how many of uh, companies we work with have a recruiter mm -hmm. on some staff? So their their number one asset or revenue generator are people, and we don't have someone dedicated to finding 
those people. It, it pays for itself. We've, we've done the math. I mean, uh, one craft person is bringing in uh, $10,000 to $12,000 in revenue a month, four to 5000 in gross profit dollars. Uh, times that by four or five crafts people that you're down or, or more, it pays for itself. So the recruiting engine has still not gotten as much attention as it deserves. Yep. Spend, spend the dollars. It's, it's worthwhile. Um, Brian, I want to go back to something that you um, just said a few minutes ago as we look to wrap up here. Um, you've often said that change starts with self-leadership and making changes in your own life. What's your process behind this? Well, I, I do have a process um, because at, at 58, um, I'm constantly changing. It's so interesting. You think you've, you know, change is done at some earlier age. Um, it only gets time better, to relax, Brian. So no, no. <laughs> you know, you know, old age is great until it's not. And um, at 58, it's great. So for those of you younger, it gets better. Trust mm-hmm. me on this one. You know, f- uh, for me, I, it starts with uh, visualization of, of the new change. I visualize it. I, I see myself, uh, you know, crossing the finish line of a marathon. Um, I, I see myself um, being able to speak in, in front of several hundred people. I see it first, and then I have affirmations around it because um, I need to rewire the neural pathways in, in my brain that have previously been maybe pathways of, of self-limiting beliefs of what I can achieve. So I, I say affirmations daily. I say them during my runs and bike rides. I grip my teeth and uh, I become that person. You know, I, 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 set, I set new routines for myself when I want change, new habits. I write them down. Um, and then I make fewer decisions around those. After it happens, I, I don't make a decision. I do it, right? That's, that's what the experts say. I create an accountability partner. She's going to ask you about that one. I feel like accountability for everyone is very important. Yeah, I, I just got an accountability partner uh, for becoming a better presenter. I, I, just, I just signed her up at big dollars. I need an accountability partner there. I can't just keep winging this thing. Um, and then I'm, you be aware, and this is, this is where the rubber hits the road, the self-awareness of uh, triggers that happen that give you the opportunity to go one way or the other. I have a bracelet, a road ID that says discipline is remembering what you want, um, which is another version of, uh, I always hit my goals. Um, I have one as well. And it says I can, and I will. Nice. I got that from my marathon training. And because you spend so many hours out there pounding pavement and you look at, you look down and the occasional I can and I will quote it, it 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 helps you a little bit, <laughs> particularly a mile nineteen and oh god one of yeah you 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 have those and and that's where grit uh, comes in um, and ultimately grit is the the biggest thing you need to uh, sustain uh, through the finish line of change because um, you need to expect crap you need to expect the problems uh, and say okay that's what I expected that they're going to happen. Um, the last thing I want to say about change in general, um, and uh, Sheldon Stewart actually was big on bringing this to all of us. It, it's how to really, when is change done? It's not just done when, you, when you've implemented it and you're like, okay, what's next? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's only done when you've measured it and corrected it, measured it and corrected it, and you've anchored the new approaches into the culture by connecting the new behaviors with the organizational success as a leader. So if you were big at the start by creating the vision, now as a leader, you got to anchor it. Mm-hmm. Anchor it because it's loose. It's not dry. And it will go back to chaos quickly until you anchor it. And when I think about the companies that maybe read their vision for the next year uh, to their company, let's say in December, in December of 2021, we're going to read the vision for 2022 uh, to the entire team. It's out there, but it's loose. It is not anchored. It is not anchored right. down until those big rocks, the small action items behind the big rocks begin to happen. They begin to be spoken about and meetings begin to happen around them. Uh, the anchoring is important. Boy, and there's no greater feeling than walking around and seeing change in action and seeing the new behaviors arriving. Um, But we all know success is a a journey. It's not a destination. So um, enjoy the journey. And there's always a new summit, right? There's always a new change. And uh, get good at that journey. And, um, and get good at being resilient. Don't beat yourself up if the change doesn't happen the first time. You yeah. have to try again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that didn't work. Uh, and so, so you move on. Oh, that person we hired didn't work. So let's not do that. It, it takes a couple of tries. Um, resiliency and grit. Go for it. Good stuff, Brian. Thank you, as always, for treating us to... A fantastic podcast. Um, I hope for those that are going to be attending the conference in August that this got you excited and and teed up uh, more things to come. Brian, we will be seeing you back on the podcast in a couple of weeks when we have uh, Kevin Nolan joining us for a Business is Messy podcast, which uh, are always fun, entertaining, and frustrating, I'm sure, (laughs) at the same time. Helpful Uh, to people love to, to sort of share the pain, right? Yes. You are not alone out there. Uh, Well, Brian, uh, looking forward to that. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.